Good evening and welcome to another edition of the JMU Sports Blog Podcast. I'm Todd. I'm joined as always by my buddy Rob. What's up, Rob? Good evening, everyone. Yeah, hopefully everyone is doing well. Rob and I got a chance to, a uh, rare chance to connect in person this weekend, so hopefully this won't sound too terrible tonight. Um, <laughs> yeah, we'll see. No promises on that. Um, a couple of things off the top. As always, we are brought to you by Pale Fire Brewing in Harrisonburg, Virginia. You can go by the tap room there in Harrisonburg anytime across from the farmer's market there. Uh, sit on the porch, mention the JMU Sports Blog podcast, and you will get a free pint glass. So hopefully everyone can finish that up and, and get ready for the season. JMU putting out a lot of uh, sort of pregame, night before game events this year. So hopefully that will draw a few more people down there with more time to hang out in the Berg and uh, visit the awesome tap room at Pale Fire. So tonight we are going to cover today's CAA Media Day. Uh, this was Media Day in Baltimore at the Raven Stadium. The uh, keynote speaker today was a uh, former JMU player and longtime NFL player Arthur Motes, one of our all-time favorite JMU guys, and by all accounts, one of the best people ever to go to JMU. Yeah, I, so. like I don't know why you would have a Media Day keynote, other than you just want an excuse to showcase a guy like Arthur Motes. Who I, think, <laughs> I mean, seriously, like, yeah. I, do, they, do they do that in other conferences? Do they do the NCAA? Or is it just an idea of like, hey, we've got this guy who really represents not only JMU, but all of the CAA and all of college football um, really, really well. Let's get him up, show him off to our fans, and let him make an impression on the other players. And he seemed to really be connecting with, with the players and coaches and things like that. So. Yeah, I've never heard of it, but it also kind of makes perfect sense that you would take these really bright, engaging, charitable individuals who can really talk about more than football. And he's had a a really nice career, and it looks like he's going to get a shot now to maybe negotiate some of the Arizona Cardinals. But Mm -hmm. he's always been a guy who very clearly has been preparing for life after football from day one. Yep. I mean, it's 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 an odd thing, but again, it could not be more perfect when you really think about it to have him yeah, out there today. I, yeah, I don't know. I have no, that's a good question as to whether other conferences do that. I certainly haven't noticed it before, but of course, you know, if you're in the SEC and everyone's, you have sort of the star power of Nick Saban and company. Yeah. You know, maybe it, it doesn't, I don't, I don't know. That's a good question. That's um, cool. Good idea. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely a good idea. And uh, one last note tonight, we do want to thank um, friend of the pod, Eric Garcia for the awesome hats that Rob and I, got i finally got mine from rob this weekend um these are the purple one purple front with the gold virginia outline the the record state hats yeah and the sort of white trucker hat back um those it looks awesome and i had definitely had fun wearing that thing around dc this weekend so looking forward to uh taking that on vacation with me here and, and having that for the fall this year so thanks eric wherever you are um before we get to the fun stuff tonight uh just so you know our plan for tonight we're going to kind of just talk about two or three takeaways from the media day today uh we're going to talk about the jmu players that made the preseason one of those things might be some people we weren't on the list that we thought should have been or maybe we expect to be by the end of the season um and then we've got a quick overtime topic tonight so we'll get to that near the end but we do want to start rob was just before we get to the uh, fun happy stuff we had some tough news today and uh, i'm gonna let rob explain a little bit about one of our tough day for another CAA school. Yeah, unfortunately, this news just broke, and it's one of those things that, that happens um, every summer. But unfortunately, Darius Minor, a student athlete from the University of Maine, um, 
died today on the, I think the third day of workouts for, for the black bears football program. Um, just heartbreaking news. We don't, we don't know him, but obviously our, our hearts go out to him, his family, uh, the entire main football program, just really, really sad news. Uh, another reminder that this is kind of, this is all for fun and enjoyment. And while we do kind of enjoy, enjoy the playful rivalries, um, you know, we wish nothing but the best for everybody involved with the CAA and just absolutely heartbreaking to see something like this happen with a young man with his entire future ahead of him. So our sincere condolences, yeah. um, kind of thoughts and prayers as a negative connotation. So I want to find a better, like, not negative, right. you know, like, right. no, no, I know, I know what like you mean. Yeah. Nowadays, everything is made fun, but this is just heartbreaking. Um, we really, uh, yeah. I don't know, hug your loved ones. Yeah, I mean, it, it seems like one of these stories happens every year with fall sports athletes. High school and football. The summer. You know? High school and college. Oh, yeah. yeah, It doesn't seem sport-specific even necessarily at all times. Um, but when it happens close to home, like one of your conference mates, it's certainly a good reminder that we're he here. A, he was a Virginia fun. kid, too. Oh, I didn't realize yeah, that. I think yeah. he's from Orange County. So, so. Okay. so yeah, that's really tough to hear. Um, there's no good segue out of that. But I think our first topic today, um, I guess one thing we should say is uh, Coach Houston was at Media Day today, um, along with Trey Sharp and Rashad Robinson, were the two player representatives for JMU All today. All suited up, by but, the way. I, I like that. Yes, looking extremely uh, sharp yeah. today, for sure. So it was good to see. Uh, fun, there's some fun clips. You guys can find them on all the JMU sites. You can certainly find them on the CAA sites of those guys being interviewed and talking, certainly listening to coach Houston is always a good time. So uh, Rob, what was your first big takeaway today? Other than obviously JMU was picked, picked first in the conference. I think no surprise to anyone. No, that was just, um, that was kind of anticlimactic in a good way, mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. but that's a lot. Four straight. Yeah. Four straight. That, that's a lot of pressure. I mean, this is now we're three time mm-hmm. defending champ. Last two are outright. Um, I was I was looking this up before. Can you name the other two teams that they shared the title with in 2015? Richmond. And... I, I remembered Richmond. This other one surprised me. Is it Villanova? William and Mary. Really? Oh, wow. No, <laughs> and I, no, Mary no was idea. picked second to last uh, today. Yeah, they were picked 11th, only ahead of Rhode yeah. Island, who's not really in which, the conference. Yeah, which is right. just, thank you for <laughs> keeping it an even number. Um, mm-hmm. The UNH was the last team to win it outright. Back in 2014. So, okay. I don't know. Like you said, no surprise. The only real surprise was maybe somebody giving Elon a first place vote. I don't mm-hmm. know. Certainly a program. It's on, probably one of my, program on the rise, one of my neighbors. It seemed like a little yeah. bit, maybe a homer pick, but who knows? They, they yeah. surprised some folks last year. That's certainly good. They've got a really good young quarterback. So no real surprise on that. Um, mm-hmm. I, I, I kind of to look at it from, I just tried to jump out or try to see what jumped out and, one team I thought was slightly overrated and one was slightly mm-hmm. underrated. Okay. And I think Stony Brook, while, again, that's a program on the rise, they've proved to be a good addition. I think many people, mm-hmm. myself included, kind of wish they were an all-sports addition. Um, they're a mm-hmm. solid team. I think they're a little bit of a stretch at four. Um, and that seems silly to go back to, like, fourth or fifth and be, like, saying that's a stretch. But CA is, you know, looking at least five playoff teams, possibly six. So, Mm-hmm. If you say somebody's a four, that's like kind of saying they're a playoff lock. I, yeah. I don't know about that. I think they're good. They they had a kind of dual horse backfield last year with Stacey Bedell and Donald Leotine. I hope I'm pronouncing it right. Mm-hmm. Bedell graduated. So. Um, Leotine's very good, but I don't know if he's going to be the primary back or if somebody's going to kind of step into Bedell's role. 
And then you got Joe Carbone, who's a returning quarterback, um, was the, the clear starter last year, played pretty well, got a lot of good press. But I got to tell you, without bagging on the guy, I, I really was not impressed with his play. Um, against JMU in yeah, the playoffs. Playoff. So, no. And you've got to no. kind of take everything with a grain of salt when you talk about what was a historically good JMU defense, but he just right. didn't look that confident. And so mm-hmm. I, I'm not sold on them being a lock. You know, they played well last year, um, beat some top teams. I think they beat like New Hampshire, but then they also played some really close games against some of the bottom teams. So I don't know. I, I could see them slipping and, you know, they might be that eight and three, seven, four range, but it also wouldn't surprise me if, if they were, you know, 500 or game under 500. And then in terms of underrated, you know, this hurts me to say, but I think Richmond is way better than a seven. Uh, Yeah. You know, last year they Mm -hmm. were just, they were inconsistent and they seemed to just not show up against some of the. They did lose an NFL quarterback. Yeah. Yeah, But, but what I'm saying is like last year, they, by any Richmond fans judgment, I think they would say last year was a disappointment. They had very mm-hmm. high expectations. They didn't go to the playoffs. But I still think that they were one of the best teams JMU played last year. Uh, I know it's a rivalry game, so it's kind of tough, and, and they probably elevate their play. But when they came to play and they brought it, they were as good as all but four or five teams in the country. Based on They were certainly the toughest, I think, conference game JMU played oh, yeah, last year. Oh, yeah, by far. Yeah. But then they just had games where they completely laid an egg. Now, they're losing mm-hmm. Lilena, you know, NFL quarterback, hopefully a future star for my Giants. <laughs> but they've got a guy in Kevin Johnson who's no slouch. You know, this is his first time entering the season as a starter. But remember, Lilena got hurt two years ago, and Johnson came in and won a couple playoff games. Um, mm-hmm. So while he hasn't gone the full gauntlet, he is somewhat battle-tested. They've got an outstanding receiver in Dijon or Dijon Brissett. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. so I don't know. I just think if, if they can kind of eliminate those games where they completely lay an egg, if Johnson can give you even 75% of what Loletta did, I, I think mm-hmm. they're going to challenge for a playoff spot. Yeah, it's always funny with these rankings. We're, you know, we've gotten used to it the last couple of years with JMU sort of being a no-brainer near the top of the conference. And I think this year, it was a pre- in my mind at least, Rob, it, it was a pretty clear top three. Yeah. I think that JMU, New Hampshire was uh, picked second and Delaware was picked third. I think everyone kind of looks around. I mean, New Hampshire bringing back Trevor Knight, you know, don't expect a big drop off. They, New Hampshire does what New Hampshire does. And Delaware was really talented team last year, but really young and more talent in the pipeline. I think everybody kind of thought that's a team really on the rise. I think that next group, Stony Brook, Elon, Villanova, Richmond, maybe even Maine, I don't know how you pick among that group, like you were saying. I'm not sure that the Stony Brook getting fourth was a reflection of Stony Brook being such a high pick so much as not really knowing what to make of Elon, Villanova, and That's Richmond. a fair point. I mean, you, you could After just last year, throw right? all those in a hat and pick Yeah, them. that's what I was kind of thinking. Yeah, I mean, obviously at the bottom, I think Albany, Towson, William & Mary, and Rhode Island, you know, I wouldn't be surprised if Towson or William & Mary had a better year than that. But those four teams, I think, you know, have a lot more to prove along the way. So that, that group in the middle, which is where JMU was the end of Mickey beginning of withers. I always felt that way, right. That anywhere between six and five and eight and three was possible, yeah. you know? And I think that's probably what the deal is there. I, I know for me, one thing that really jumped out at me was um, I think schedules have a big, just thinking ahead and we'll get into schedules more deeply as we get closer to the well, season. Richmond's got a brutal first, first yeah, five Richmond, weeks. It, 
Yeah, and Stony Brook has a really rough schedule yeah. this year in terms of the conference. Um, JMU, on the other hand, um, gets all three teams picked the last three, Towson, William & Mary, and Rhode Island. They get Richmond, who was seventh. They get Villanova and Elon, who were, what, sixth and fifth. And they missed uh, – they do get Stony Brook, but they missed – Delaware. Um, they missed Delaware yeah. this year. And then they, they do have to go to New Hampshire in November, so obviously the big one. But I think um, JMU, a team that last few years, I think we felt like, man, they really drew a tough road. I know last year they got the good teams at home, but they certainly played all the they good teams. They also had a lot of teams least... coming off buys. They did. And uh, so I have no idea I haven't that, yet at that this year. But, I, 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 you know, Stony Brook and Richmond both have tough roads ahead for sure. And I just was kind of happy to see Towson and Rhode Island back on the schedule this year. Maybe I'm still back in my Mickey mode there in the summer here. Yeah. That's what I think. Like it's a kind of a good year to miss Delaware, but also kind of a bad year to miss Delaware. That's a fun team from a fan fan perspective. perspective, Yeah. We're already mad enough about only having five home games. Not, not playing Delaware certainly can be a disappointment for fans. Yeah. But that was kind of one thing that just, I thought about off the Mm -hmm. bat. Um, what's your next one, Rob? Um, I guess I don't want to go too deep into a different program, but since I kind of mentioned it earlier or alluded to it, William and Mary's drop off has been really staggering. Uh, and, and, and I don't know what's going on. Like the, Laycock is a great coach. I mean, people are going to talk about, mm-hmm. but they didn't win a conference game last year. They're now picked finish, you know, 11th. 11th. Um, right. I just, I don't understand it. Like, they look good when they play at JMU, and I think a little bit of that is the rivalry thing that I was talking about with Richmond. Mm-hmm. But that should be a, a much stronger program than it is. I can't believe that they've been passed. So I don't know what's going on there. They got a quarterback in Sean Mitchell, who's going to be a sophomore this year. He set all sorts of Virginia records in high school, and it looked talented. Looked at times talented, last year. but also looked like a freshman. So, mm-hmm. um, interestingly enough, like he might have been one of those guys where you could talk about. Not a, did he play enough to burn his red shirt under these new rules? Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. They, have, that that would have been a yeah. guy like what we were talking about last week. Like right. Him last year, if you could have gotten him in two or three games once it's clear the season was done, but then pulling back would have been a great advantage for William Mary. I I don't know. Like I I love rooting against William Mary, but I love having them in the conference. I just think it's a fun school. It's a great away game to go to. Um, I like the differences in, in the school population. I, I want them to be better than this. So like, it, it's funny to kind of joke about it, and it's nice to keep winning, but they've played JMU way too close the past couple of years to be in the cellar year in, year out. Yeah. And, and you yeah. start to think, like, what is it? Do they need to make a change of some sort? They've got great facilities. They've got pretty – I mean, they've got great uh, financial support from their alumni. They've got great mm-hmm. fan support. It just, it's a program that shouldn't be down – in the bottoms and the, the doldrums of the CAA. It just doesn't feel right. I don't know what it is to shake it up. That defense last yeah. year was outstanding, like pretty much everybody's defense was in the CAA, but they only gave up, you know, it was like 10, 11 points a game for the first half of the season, I think. Um, they just could not get it going. And Laycock has this reputation being somewhat of like a QB whisperer, but we really haven't seen it since like Lane Campbell. You know? Yeah. Yeah, it was funny. I mean, me, you know, I was up, up in DC this weekend and, and got to hang out with my brother who's a William and Mary grad and uh, one of our JMU friends from tailgating, uh, Jeff, and, and we were kind of talking about this. It is the 39th season for Jimmy Lake, yeah. their head coach. He is the longest tenured coach at any level of NCAA football right now. I, I think it, it's hard to say. I mean, I think he's kind of in the Mickey situation, but I think William and Mary 
being William and Mary has kind of decided it's up to him. Right. I, I, it's all I can really think. Yeah. Of. And you just look at those programs on the top six or seven lines, JMU, New Hampshire, Delaware, we know Richmond, we know, but Stony Brook, Elon, Villanova have all made strides, you know, or, or made efforts to step up their games mm-hmm. in the last five years. And, and I think, I, I don't know if William and Mary got worse or some of the teams around them changed the way they not only do business because William and Mary did get the great looking new stadium addition. Uh, so it's not all resources. No, it's not them. like their basketball program. Their but basketball it, program does so much with so little. Yeah. And football. It's hard. I mean, I, I just I, because we have so much respect for Laycock, I always think they could surprise people this year. They would be the team I was surprised to see put in the 11th spot. But I do have to wonder just on the field as the game has changed. I mean, think how we were talking about from 2012 to 2014, you know, the last three years of Mickey when teams were running RPOs in circles around us and we're still handing the ball off every play. I, I don't know. That's well, yeah, that's I what's really like, I guess when I was heading into the season, I'm like, oh, well, William Mary won't be as bad as last year. Like worst case scenario, it's William Mary. They'll be in the middle of the pack. You know, I, I would think like mm-hmm. they'd be in the, the group of four that we were just talking about on any given year. Yeah. You're going to have the top half of the league and then maybe want to be in that kind of that middle tier. If you're not, if you're not contending. Right. You know, so like right. um, that used to kind of be like the basement for programs like William and Mary, Delaware, right, right. and Delaware yeah, made right. the change to get Rocco and Delaware fell mm-hmm. back up. So um, I don't know what it is. And it's kind of none of my business. Right? I don't want to be right. like poking fun. No. It's just it's odd to me. That's a program that I really respect. Um, there have been so many great games between Jamie and William and Mary in the past, highlighted, of course, by the playoff victory down there. Uh, geez, 14 years mm-hmm. ago now, but. Um, I don't know. It just, <laughs> it's a program that just doesn't make sense, but then you look at all the programs above, and I'm not going to argue and say that any of the programs right, right. above them deserve to be below them. It's just something, something's off there. And um, I don't know. I'm not cheering for them, but you kind of hope Laycock can get it together or can find a way to walk out, not on top, but yeah, it, leaving on a good note if he needs to leave. For sure. Yeah. And that's, that's sort I, I, we were talking this weekend with my brother, like, do they just want to give him the 40th year? You know, I mean, is that what they want to give him the chance or, or is it truly he can make his call his own shot at this point? He's obviously done a lot for the university over the years. I don't know. Um, certainly a tough one. Hopefully William and Mary will exceed expectations except against James yeah, Madison. Yeah, that would be the ideal <laughs> yeah. situation. Yeah. Yeah. So you want to talk player, uh, player accolades today? Um, or did you have another big, you have one no, more takeaway? I, no, sort of? The player stuff, I, I, I have no argument with either player of the year. Obviously, Rashad Robinson, yeah. outstanding. You know, he, what do you have last year? Seven or eight of JMU's record, I believe, 31 interceptions? Yeah. Is that? Yeah. I, I yeah. think that's right. Something I mean, Some like ridiculous that, yeah. number of interceptions. It's astronomical um, number, yeah. It's kind of funny. I think you could make an argument that somebody, perhaps his biggest challenger for player of the year, might be lining up on the other side, guarding the other receiver, <laughs> right, and, right. and Jimmy F. Moreland. Um, uh-huh. Jimmy did make – he was a preseason, pre-season choice. choice. So both, both JMU corners were preseason yeah, choices. I mean, which is just ridiculous. Uh, but completely deserved. Yeah. Nobody's arguing about that. Um, and then, nope. you know, we've got the OSU transfer playing safety. So the defense can be taken care of. And same thing, like Trevor Knight, he's the top returning signal caller by far. He 
since his New yeah, Hampshire's, Hampshire's quarterback, quarterback was chosen as the offensive preseason yeah, player of the year. It makes sense actually yeah. say that. You're better at this than I am. <laughs> no. um, he had a great year last year. Uh, New Hampshire is just – you'd think with the weather and kind of the advantage that gives them late in the year that they'd be this grinded out sort of team. They never have been. They've always been a pretty nope. fun, dynamic offense. They've had a number of really good QBs, some really outstanding receivers, and they've got that this year. Um, yeah, they don't seem to have the size for the grinded out thing. No, they don't. But um, So, so Knight, Knight's yeah. a worthy pick. I don't know. I, I don't know who mm-hmm. else you can go going in. Yeah, I can't. I can't argue strongly for anybody else. You know, it's not like Laletta last year or Badly before that. You know, where you had this just obvious pick. No, you know? and a lot of it. There's a lot of really um, talented players, uh, particularly like on JMU's offense. But you, you've got teams that are deep, like JMU. Marcus Marshall end up on the first team, which is awesome. I <laughs> yeah, I thought that was I, kind of funny, just because I'm not yeah, sure. Yeah, like I think a JMU running back will end up all CAA, but I'm not sure if it's gonna be Marshall. It could. I, I think it's kind of sure. funny that that's probably based on the playoff performance, but I can think of another JMU uh, offensive person who had an outstanding playoff performance and was left off. Who didn't make so, the? Yeah, um, yeah. Just to go through the names: um, Robinson, Moreland, and Darius Carter were the three JMU defensive players who made the preseason team. Uh, I don't think we have any objections to mm-hmm. any of them. We certainly wonder if maybe Rondell Carter might have been another name that we would have thought might be on there. I think by the end of the year, as Rob brought up, we have high hopes for Wayne Davis, the safety transfer. But I don't know on defense outside of Robinson, Moreland, and Darius Carter, I don't think we have any real – no surprise that anyone got snubbed, for me at least, on that side of the ball, really, right? I I don't know. I'd love to see Rondell Carter, Paris Black, the hype is off the charts for another defensive lineman, and then Wayne Davis. But offensively, I was really surprised by both JMU choices, which were Marcus Marshall and Jahi Jackson. Not really surprised, but I think I thought to myself, at least, you know, I think any number of JMU offensive linemen could be on the all CAA teams by the end of the year. Um, And I think any number of JMU running backs. Uh, I guess Jahi Jackson and Marcus Marshall are probably the safest bets among their position groups, but you know, I, I certainly it wouldn't surprise me if Liam Fernadel or Chayton Card Johnson or Chavis or something. Yeah. yeah. Chavis. Yeah. Any of those guys, if they sort of bumped up and, and had a strong season. Um, and then the last player to make it was <laughs> much to our delight. <laughs> JMU punter, Harry O'Kelly, <laughs> sophomore JMU punter, Harry O'Kelly uh, made the preseason all CAA team at the punting position. And when they put out the pictures, he promptly tweeted out, who took my chin away? Because he appeared to have no neck in the photo. Um, yeah, I don't know. Other, I mean, Rob, the obvious snub was Riley. Yeah. Right? I, now, you know, like, I, I am in the bag yeah. for Stapleton. I believe the Youngs would call me a stan nowadays or something. Like, I, I completely <laughs> – this guy, I think, has the potential to be as, as good as there's ever been at JMU. Um, but at the same time, like, I can't argue with him not making the preseason team. Uh, it's, it's a numbers <sighs> game. It's almost like the coaches didn't watch yeah, the playoffs. Which, well, that's why I said that, that comment I made about Marshall. Like, Marshall was good last yeah. year and showed a lot of potential, but he really stepped up and had, I believe, I think a 200-yard game, another couple really big games in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. And people were like, well, okay, this guy's a stud. He can take over next year. I, I don't know how you could have watched the playoffs and not come away thinking that Stapleton – is potentially the most dangerous weapon in the CAA. 
That's exactly you know, what so I was like, say. I mean, it's not only – not only – I mean, he could have been the preseason offensive player of the year, and I would have said, oh, yeah, that's earned. But, but then again, but if you look at it, like the numbers, the guys that they chose um, – Yeah, the numbers, they went they by, went the, by numbers, the numbers for and sure. And it's just the whole year. So you can kind of say – I mean, you're taking a guess. This is a preseason pick, so it's no big deal. The, mm-hmm. the most controversy is, again, is people like us talking or people at a tailgate for the first couple weeks of the season – this isn't that big of a mm-hmm. deal. I mean, even postseason stuff, it's just for fun. Um, but you look at Neil O'Connor, UNH's uh, receiver. Who was receiver, yeah. That guy had almost 1,400 yards last year. That's yeah. crazy yeah. in college. Yeah. You know? And then yeah. Brissett from, from Richmond. Richmond. I think he had like 850 or 900. That's a lot for college yeah. as well. Stapleton it probably is. had, what, six, six, five, six hundred? Like, Mm-hmm. Um, he didn't. Then he had five or six hundred in yeah. the playoffs. <laughs> but it's just it's yeah. it's one of those things. Like if he plays up to even near that level that he did in the playoffs, yeah, hands down, th- th- you got to put him on there. I don't see these other guys keep up. Yeah, if you go back and watch Weaver State and North Dakota State, the two by far most challenging games team you played all year. He was the best player on the field on either team in both those games, and it, it, you know. I don't, that doesn't mean everything. It's a small sample, but I, I'm, I'm hoping he could be consistent throughout the season this year. He certainly doesn't have a Terrence Alls on the other side scooping catches this year no, but, but he's got Eldridge. Right? I mean, not to knock the other – yeah, not to knock Eldridge or anybody else that steps up, but I think it, it will be interesting to see because obviously teams will design their defenses around him more this year. But so I think that, Eldridge is the perfect compliment. Eldridge, Eldridge is like kind of that gritty receiver – um, the mm-hmm. guy who just makes the tough catches, kind of gets the sticks, doesn't doesn't jump out at you, but you watch the whole game, mm-hmm. and then you come over, you're like, wait, who who was that guy? That guy who just he made the right. really tough catch on the sideline, kept his feet in, and oh wow, oh yeah, yep. he found a little seam in the middle and he got it done. Like he he doesn't, he's not the flashiest guy, but man, I I really, he's my son's favorite player by far. Like he's James's favorite. <laughs> he just thinks he's the greatest. Yep. Like. He's just so consistent. Uh, he reminds me kind of David mm-hmm. McLeod for any older Jamie fans from back in the early 90s. <laughs> who, there we go. You know, a lot of people in the 90s talk about Macy Brooks, who was outstanding and very athletic. And he had more of the Stapleton-type game. But McLeod was just, you know, good hands, ran good routes, very consistent. And I think when you've got a guy like Eldridge who can kind of go inside, who can kind of get those, those uh, run the quick outs for the 10 yards – I think that's going to draw the defense to him. And then Stapleton has proven he can go over the top. So I think they really complement oh, each yeah. other. I do too. And I think with the healthy tight end core this year, if they can have some better luck on that front, that'll also help up the middle yeah. a little bit. You know, whether it's Clayton or Nick Carlton coming back, that should really help stretch stretch the field or like really keep three areas of the field alive. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So, and then you've so. got Marshall and Cardon and everybody else running the ball. So, it's we've yeah. got a lot to replace on JMU, mm-hmm. but there's also a lot of potential. And with the line coming back, bringing much more experience than than last year, even though it's yeah. young, you got a lot of guys who've gotten a lot of reps. I don't know. It's it's yeah. I think they could be crisper this year in that way. As much as they had Shore back and and obviously some of the big names last year, they you know they did have a lot of turnover on the line from the team that won the championship with the three seniors who had graduated. And this year they're bringing back pretty much everybody. Um, it could look a little crisper early in the season. Is at least my I hope. think it could be a little bit more of a uh, dynamic offense. Um, the yeah. defense I think will be really good. I'm not sure if it will be as good as last year. 
I'm not sure mm-hmm. if it's possible to be as good as last year's defense, but right. maybe maybe right. this year they will. I'm optimistic. But yep. I think the offense has just it just it could have a little bit of a different look. If you remember last year, I felt like every week you and I were trying to justify the fact that the offense only scored four touchdowns or something you know, after the fireworks from the championship year. But I think we could be a little bit closer to, to the offense from two years ago based on the types of skills yeah. that guys are bringing to the table, assuming we can get yeah, I mean, you know, above-average quarterback play. Yeah, that's a good point. I think last year we did a lot of – it felt like there were a lot of games where we, that we just felt like they couldn't yeah. run the ball. They just couldn't click running the ball. And so eventually they would decide to pass and they had Shore and all the guys mm-hmm. and they would score four touchdowns and it'd be fine. Right. Um, but yeah, I hope this year it's a little more balanced in terms of how we feel like both sides are clicking. Um, anybody else you felt like was a super snub, Rob? I, I, I don't know that I had, I think either JMU place kicker, whoever wins that job could obviously score a lot of points this year. Um, but JMU last year, last two years under Houston, last four years really, JMU didn't kick many no. field goals. So no, yeah. I, I mean I, I thought it was fine. I was happy that JMU yeah. landed the most players on there after last mm-hmm. year's post, like real CAA, or did it almost seem like underwhelming? Yeah. But then you look back, you're like, oh no, wow, they had six guys. That's that's pretty awesome. Mm-hmm. Um, versus last year, where it was like nearly the entire defense at the end of the season. Um, the only other takeaway I had is. Rocco is super unlikable. <laughs> He's just the worst. Like, it, it just it sucks that JMU fans and Richmond fans are now really aligned on this one issue. But the guy's a good coach. He's not a great coach, but he's a good coach. And he's got yes. UD pointing in the right direction. But just he's just so swarming. I, I will never shed a tear for Richmond fans. But he did that program wrong the way he left mm-hmm. and he's there's just he's just got the most punchable face in the league uh, he's <laughs> just there's something about him i mean remember he gave himself a game ball a couple yes. of years ago when richmond beat Liberty. Yes, yes. that's just all you need to know and it just seems that just seems so on point when you see him speak and the way he's interviewed and uh, maybe he's a nice individual <laughs> i certainly hope he is but he plays the heel really well and he's just there's something about him it's unbelievable that Delaware has had both Casey yes. Keeler and now yes. Danny Rocco, they're like right? cut from the same cloth. <laughs> it's just Voldemort and Mr. Yeah. Potato Head. It's just, yeah. I don't know what to say. Yeah, that's that's a pretty funny takeaway. Um, well, with that, I think we will move to OT. I did. We did want to thank a, a few of our longtime uh, friends of the pod for giving us some ideas tonight. Duke Dog Nation. Um, Alex. Yes, thanks, Alex. Not, not really, Alex. Thanks, Alex. Um, Wex Celsior. And then our the winning idea tonight was from Craig Mack, who asked us about um, what our favorite tailgate foods were. I'm not, we couldn't remember. We may have done tailgate foods at some point, but we're just going to do one each tonight, maybe a big favorite. Um, you want to go first, yeah, Rob? I guess my, my this is not going to be super exciting, but I just think it's very reliable. Mm-hmm. And it's a, I'm a big fan of just grilled sausages. Um, nothing mm-hmm. crazy. It's easy to prepare, and you can do a little bit with them. You can get whatever bratwurst or chorizo or andouille. It's but it's still super easy. It doesn't take a whole lot of cooking or anything like that. But it's a little bit better than just burgers or sandwiches or anything. Um, and you can eat it while you're walking, which is another big. Mobile foods are big for me. Nice. Yes, my favorite is obvious. Um, it has come come about i mean i'm not i obviously we do this we've done uh, oyster roast the end of the season these last two years and that's my favorite but sort of week to week 
the low country boil has become my favorite tailgate thing. Now it's not easy to eat, but it is very easy to cook. Uh, and this year, three of our six, our crew in D lot, there's three of those big propane burners and there is, you know, it's just one pot and you're just throwing well, it. The good part is then you just so, dump it on a table, dump which it is on a too. table covered yeah. with newsprint. Yeah. So it's, it, it, I mean, it's easy to eat in that way. It's just a mess. You're definitely not walking no, around that's... with it. Um, and it's certainly a mess you have to make sure to clean up. So, yeah, but that's that's, that's like the best sure. splurge. Um, like if you're going to do something big, it's, it's yeah, easier it, than frying a, a turkey or something. something like that. You know, it's not too complicated, but it's a little bit different than well, think, burgers and dogs. Yeah, what I've liked about it, too, is the grilling. Obviously, people kind of arrive at different times. They come and go. And when I'm at least when we've been tailgating, I don't like to sort of do the cooking more than once. And with the boil, you know takes an hour or so but you got everything kind of coming out all it's all one a one shot yeah. deal so and it stays yeah. hot for a while so shrimp and all sure that. does good stuff so thanks rob i don't think we have anything else tonight uh thanks again to pale fire we are down to what five plus weeks for oh football? yeah oh yeah We're, it's- i think the hall of fame game is like in the next week yeah. or two so there's no long not that we care about preseason no. NFL, but but we are uh down to it now so there is uh, until until like the middle of february there's football every weekend starting in another there were games on sec network tonight i think it was tennessee florida from last year (laughs) from last year yeah i mean uh, yeah so for those of you um who aren't watching enough uh oh yeah one more nfl note today did see a cool little article uh about richard davis that the eagles coach said he was the like number one guy who'd made an impression in summer camp so far so that's kind of cool to hear for a guy who bounced on and off the practice squad last year. Still got a ring well. though, right? Still got a ring. Yeah, he was on the practice squad at, for the Super Bowl. Was a uh, sideline participant <laughs> for the Super that's, Bowl. That's awesome. That's, that's still I'll an accomplishment. T- I'll take that's it. a real ring as far as I'm concerned. You're out there every day practicing. Sure is. Putting up with Philly fans, you should get something. <laughs> that's right. So, Rob, I will talk to you next week. All right, have sure. a good one, everybody. All right. See y'all. Go Dukes.